back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session where we entertain and encourage our friends that sell for a living and those that lead them. And I'm here with, uh, gosh, kind of a regular on the show now, wouldn't you say? I mean, Mark Lampson has probably been on, I don't know, four or five of these at this point, and uh, he's going to join us to talk about could be considered a little bit of a heavy subject. We're going to talk about those of you that sell into the compliance-heavy industries like pharma, healthcare, finance, and how that might change the way we sell a little bit. But before we get into something heavy, let's talk about something light, frosty, and refreshing like this Harpoon One Hazy mm, Summer yeah. I'm about to dig into. Yeah. This is a juicy, vibrant, soft beverage it's out of New England. Uh, it's a pale ale. It's got about 5.5% alcohol by volume. So let's crack that. And let's see what we one get. One hazy summer. Yeah. Uh, hazy. It's a little hazy, actually. It is. It is. Oh, yeah. Listen. Doesn't that sound so good? Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm. Um, that is tasty. I have something... Uh, I admit, marketing works. I'm not okay. sure if you've seen the advertisements recently for Stella Artois, if I'm not, saying that correctly. Not so much. I have. Maybe it's in the shows I watch. Mm. I'm more of a crime. I'm not a Netflix or a, you know, cut the cord. I'm a cable straight up, you know. You're like afternoon soap operas. No, not so much. No? Okay. Uh, we do Law & Order SVU. Oh, love that. Uh-huh. Yeah, we've been doing live PD and uh, designated survivor that went to Netflix. But uh, Stella Artois and... Uh, for those of you compliance-friendly folks, I'm going to read from the label okay. and not deviate from the label. Please. And put that pen down because there's no note-taking on this podcast. I was unaware of that until this Number one selling beer in Belgian beer worldwide, Rich Heritage. Uh, it's gold standard, as you know, and is uh, it, it's part of the nine-step pouring ritual, which I don't actually know what that is, but it's a 5% ABV, and uh, we all know it and love it, and I'm going to crack that one. Now, it's got an energy rating. I'm unsure of what that means in a beer. Scott, can I explain marketing to you? Please. It calories. It's a measure of energy. Okay. One calorie is the yeah. amount of energy required to, ro- to raise one gram of water by one degree Celsius. So as a marketing guy, I should learn to twist words like That's this. That's correct. Because you've just turned calories, a negative, into energy, a positive, and, and made me really want to have 141 grams of energy ingested into my body. And you know what I'm upset about is it's only, the can's 11.2 ounce can. Like, it's not a 12 ounce can. So, you're get, you're uh, getting shorted. Yeah, so that's why it's less energy. Oh, this is, this is terrible So news. if you drink two, you'll have more energy. <laughs> well, all right, so good. We are uh, well into our first beverage of this Friday. Let's talk a little bit about compliance and those, these compliance-heavy industries like, like pharma. These guys have a little bit different challenge than a lot of folks out there. Uh, and yet, when you look at the population of selling professionals in the world, it probably makes up a, a pretty hefty percentage, right? So let's talk a little bit about selling into regulatory type of environments. What are some of the, let's just start off with some of the challenges they might face. Yeah, and these challenges really refer to those industries, uh, you know, the healthcare world, pharma specifically, uh, the financial world, insurance, um, a lot of other you know brokerage type houses, and so I think I'll start with saying the information in the podcast comes from candidly our experience working with some I would say top five pharma, top five insurance financial firms, and some other healthcare firms. Uh, it's a it's a regulatory environment for lots of good reasons. Uh, probably first and foremost 
is that in the healthcare world, wrong answers, bad answers, or untruthful answers uh, result in people dying. So let's just start there. Yeah. Um, so that's important. Uh, and, and we can all see plenty of news and cases where there's been problems and companies have been sued and it's just, you know, it's just, it's just bad for everybody. In the financial world, maybe people don't die, but they lose their, their life savings and that's, it's, it's, it creates, it creates, you know, personal ruin. So there's good reasons for the environment. So the, so the first rule I'd say is accept the environment that you're in. Yeah. When we train in these organizations, I hear people say, well, that's not fair. It makes it really hard. Yep. You signed up for that job. You don't want that job. Leave the leave the leave the industry. Yeah, that's not going to change. So I think first rule is accept where you are and yep. you know, circle of control. Back to our stress from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you're not going to you're not going to change that. <clears throat> yeah, that makes sense. That makes tons of sense. Okay, so as we think about that, um, and now we've accepted it. What are some of the specific differences? I mean, we 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 coach in and train all sorts of different organizations from many different backgrounds, many different industries. What's different about what they can and can't do, say, be, um, versus, say, selling into a technology firm, for example? Yeah, I think there's, I think there's, you know, if you're listening, uh, if you're still listening and you're working out or, you know, you say, what am I learning? There's three things, I think, that really have an impact on your, your, your sales career that maybe are different and harder than most. Uh, one is, in most situations, a lot of overly super compliant, regulated organizations are not taking notes. Uh, for sure, they're not putting it in a CRM system for record. Right. They're probably not even writing things down. Um, so that creates its own set of challenges, as you can imagine, especially yeah. if you have more than two clients, which everyone does. Yeah. Secondly, your most salespeople can create and send collateral emails, presentations, slides that help build their case. In these environments, you can't. You can send only send and share and use only what has been approved by what's likely an army of lawyers to show to the client, and that doesn't fit in all situations. Right. But it's what you can show. And lastly. You know, we're always being asked in the farmer world, for example, questions about off-label usage. So, so the so the drug, for example, has been approved in these situations and these these things, but it's not here. But yet, we all know that the scientifically it still works. So, how do you handle off-label? How do you handle basically a bigger category of questions that you can't answer or don't know or sort of are not approved? So, notes, materials, and dealing with 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 fuzzy answers i guess so to speak yeah those are the big three i think and so so should we crack them open yeah let's 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 dig into each one because um i'm sure if you if you can't take notes um as a salesperson i'm just trying to think back even in my own experience both as an individual rep and as a leader how do you keep track of everything you learned in that call and how do you then manage a sales cycle mm -hmm. right that's got to be very difficult yeah it is. And uh, candidly, I haven't done it. So I, I can't, I just have to be honest. Yeah. I haven't actually done that. But in organizations we've worked with and gotten to know and sort of helped them, the focus is how do you remember and recall and retain the information you're having in the conversation, right? So you walk in, again, there's a million situations, but the traditional is if you walk into a healthcare provider's office and you talk to an office manager and you get a chance to meet with the physician or the provider, whoever that might be, and that's a five or ten minute clipboard conversation or whatever it might be, 
you're in the moment. Uh, you know, hopefully you know their name and, you know, you have signs around the, the office and maybe their name's on them. But you know, you're getting into a conversation and, yep. you know, you've prepared and you've prepared with what you want to, you know, what you want to present, what questions you want to ask. There, there's a couple of things. So, so what we have learned or what we've, what people have been successful here, say they focus on two important categories when they're having the conversation. One is what are doctors' pain points? No pun intended, but yep. they, they, the word pain points, and you can call it whatever you want. Criteria, pain points, you know, decision decision factors. Again, every industry is different. I don't mean to just talk about doctors. You know, it's 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 whether it be, you know, people who are making financial decisions. Yep. Focus on the pain points and focus on next steps. So that's, if, if you think about a meeting sometimes and you're wrapping up a meeting, just in, in any meeting at work, we're always sort of working about action items. Yep. Those are the two critical things. You can't remember everything. You're having a dialogue. You're trying to listen to what you heard. You're trying to remember those things. So, so they focus on the two things. And then the question is, well, how do they remember those? Uh, and because I find as I get a little more gray up here, like my memory gets a little more yep. difficult. Yep. And that's just the truth for all of us. Uh, so, so focus on two things. Pain points and action items, like what's next. Like so, that's like what the next step in the sales cycle is. Who owes who? What? Who's going to do what? By when? How do you remember it? We've talked about two two main tools: repeating and imagery. What does that mean? Repeating means repeating it. It means saying it, saying it to yourself if you can, and better yet, saying it back to the customer. So you said these three things. Is that right? One, two, three, one, two, three. If you say it a couple of times, we've all done it. Right? Yeah, we've all done it. Absolutely. Like repeating, right? Yeah. So this is where you actively have to use that skill, and it works best if you repeat it back to the customer and they confirm. And, and you, might, you might say, you know, I'm not really taking notes. So I just want to make sure I remember that. Yeah. Right? The second thing, uh, I'll actually give credit to uh, to Dale Carnegie, hmm. uh, another friend of mine. That's two podcasts in a row where you've given Dale I know, Carnegie credit. I know, and I apologize. It was the wrong book last yeah. time. Well, but, yeah, but we corrected that. We, we did? We made, I made sure that everybody was aware that it was actually Thank you. how to stop worrying and start living well, and not actually. Because I had an 8 plus percent uh, ADV beer. <laughs> you so, did. This yeah. time you've settled into yeah. a 5. Yeah. Uh, but imagery, your brain can process and retain and recall images much better than you can words. That's a great point. Yeah. It's a skill and it takes practice. Dale Carnegie teaches to remember names by thinking of an image. So when you walk up and you meet three people and they say Bill, Sue, and Joe, yeah. or maybe some more creative names in your typical group, uh, think of something. Either most likely someone else you know. So when someone says Jason, I think of my best friend from high school and I, think I see his face instantly that recall helps me huh. or if it's a you know i remember when i was doing it someone said lamson and, and i and i said my name is mark lamson and someone said lamson they had, they had a picture of a lamb in their in their head and okay again, these, there's no right or wrong picture it's even just, though they were looking at you well you know I, they I thought of a lamb yeah they they <laughs> They thought of just, Tom. They thought of Tom Cruise and GQ magazine uh, cover, and they yeah. that. But I didn't want to. You said to keep this humble. No? Okay. Yes. Yes. You, so I did. Try to balance. Trying. So, that was actually a true story. They did. They did say lamb. They didn't say GQ. Mm. In any event. Um, so repeat things back to them, and then some sort of way yeah. to to you know use a word picture or an image. Yeah. It, you know. So if they're if they're talking about their pain points, you know, try to picture a patient when they're when they what do they, yeah. they talk about a patient or in the financial world, they talk about. You know what they're saving for. I'm saving for a second home. We're saving for a retirement. Picture retirement. What does that mean? Rocking chair. It doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. It just means in your brain 
the association between imagery uh, and recall is is just a lot more powerful. Yeah. And I should have some study and I should cite it, but I don't because it's a Friday afternoon and I have a Stella. So uh, yeah, no, it's good. So it's those good. are the two things that really people said, yeah, that helped me. Focus on repeating and imagery on pain points and on action items. So that's the how do I deal when I can't take, take notes? notes. And there's lots more, but I'd, I'd sort of offer that as a couple of, of things that you can take that's away good. and start using that's on good. Monday. Well, and you know, this is sort of interactive. This podcast can be interactive, so people can drop comments if they've got some other helpful hints that the rest of the population would, would benefit from. We would encourage that type of activity. And by the way, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this, this question or this topic came from, we'll just use his first name, Kevin. Kevin. In the field saying, hey, I would really appreciate it if you guys would talk about compliance and regulatory. So now, that's why we're doing question. it. Let me yeah. ask you a question. Yeah. Do you have an image of Kevin when you say his name? Do I you, do. Okay. Do you want to share that or not? I don't. Okay. <laughs> and he'll laugh when he hears that. Because we're not in a in a regulatory environment right here. I just mm -hmm. want to give you that liberty. But I think no. it's just best for, for everybody. It's just the right thing to do. It's the right thing to yeah. not go any further with that okay, whole commentary. So thank you, Kevin. Thank you for the question. Uh, thank you for the question. For the question. We, should, we owe you a six-pack of something. And we're, at some point, we're going to actually honor that. I think he owes us one for the help we're giving him. Maybe. If this helps you close the sale, give us 5% of the commission and... Uh, Call it a day? Yeah. All right. Done. So we did no note-taking. The second thing you kind of talked about was um, this concept of you got to genericize the material mm -hmm. a little bit. You can't... It would crush a marketing guy, it sounds like, to not be able to be creative. So you've got a, a certain standard of things that you can send and it's very limited, right? So yep. how does how do you deal with that? And I know, we've, you know maybe we've lost some listeners that aren't in this space because 90, uh, 90, but the big percentage of salespeople go and they create a slide deck and mm. you like create a slide deck. You yeah. have a starting point. Yeah. We do this at Aslan. Yeah. We have a starting point and then we go change things and we move things and we add and subtract for things that are most helpful to the customer. Completely inappropriate, not able, illegal, and not an option for anybody who's in a regulatory, regulatory compliance environment to change things. Imagine. It's all 100% what's marketing approved. And from experience, there's never enough. It's never what I need. It's never what I want. A thousand lawyers have looked at it. And uh, this is what you have to sort of offer as collateral or slides, or white papers, or whatever it might be to the to the person you're selling to. But this goes back to your first point, which is accept the industry you're in, and you, and you've got to you've got to deal with this reality, right? So, how do you overcome that? So, what do you do? Two things, two things, because all we can re really remember is two. Um, you know, you have to. Well, not on the list is you have to decide what you are going to send. You got to you know you ask ask questions. They want information about products, or so you have certain materials. Two things. To make it seem, maybe it's the wrong word, I'll give you a phrase that we found to be very powerful in this space. To start with your email or to start with your presentation with because you. Mm -hmm. Simple, powerful phrase. Because you, doctor, customer, Mr., Mrs., said, or because you are in this situation, I thought this would be the most appropriate document thing for you to look at. So, so they've instantly, they've instantly seen that you're, it, it's, it's, it's generic, but it's not. Well, you, you've just personalized it it's, because you said they, they have a certain ownership in what you sent them, unless there was a misunderstanding, mm -hmm. I suppose. Right. Which is a great opportunity to clarify. Okay. So when I say, because you said this is important, they said, no, that wasn't important. Then great. You, you've saved yourself, send them something that's not important. Yeah. And I say sending 
You know what I mean? Giving yeah. them something, yeah. send them an email, doing a presentation. It's where you're presenting materials that are from a fixed box. You, know, yep. you have you have vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry, and yep. so and they want you know chocolate chip. You just need to say that because you really like the vanilla of chocolate chip, I'm sending you the vanilla. You have to find a way to connect what they said to why you're picking that particular marketing approved piece of collateral. They're powerful words. Yep. Uh, so that's one. Yep. Second is direct them. What does that mean? It means don't just send them the document. Don't just show them the three pages, five pages or more. Show them where to go. So you can read the entire thing. You can look at the entire thing. You can watch the video. But... I would ask you to pay special attention to this section again because you but this section so that helps them pick out the pieces so there might be a document we have lots and, and we do that at as we have things where all that's not relevant and i'll say because you said this and as you look at this what i really focus on is this section this yeah. this area sort of talks about what's most important you can read the whole thing if you want they might but if you're trying to use generic materials to help satisfy the need of the customer because you and direct them simple yeah but powerful i like it i like it i like it okay good um so that's two-thirds of the triad um this third thing that you mentioned is this this off label you know does a product do this in addition to what it says it does this is i can imagine a, a really <laughs> this could be a rat's nest, right? So, so how do you overcome when, when people ask you that or when you're talking about that? Yeah, um, that's in all situations, right? It's where we're, we're being asked to answer questions that we can't answer, we're not allowed to answer, we don't know the answer. Uh, you know, what's the return of the mark? What's the return of this annuity going to be next year? I mean, I don't know. What you just say, be. I can't say? Yeah, I can't say. I yeah. can't say. <laughs> um, again, I'm just going to try to keep this simple and give you a couple of things that we have found uh, makes sense. Uh, number one is to say, I can't say, or, you know, it's not approved or whatever it is, but to give them, we call it an other centered reason. Yeah. Why you can't say, you know, what's the reason? And to say, it's, it comes down to when the customer wants something, you can't give it to them Just says, I'd love to give that answer, you know, but the reality of it is nobody knows, or, you know, there's, there, there is things that have not been, you're asking about something that, it might work, it might not work, but but because it's an off-label question, you know, I, I'm not really, it wouldn't be fair for me to answer the question. But it's, just don't say I'm not saying, I yeah. can't say. You need to give people a reason. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's an other-centered effort to say, I get your desire to know, and yeah. I'd like to meet the desire, but I can't. And there's reasons behind that. Yeah, even if you can't explain exactly what those reasons That's are. That's right. Okay, very good. So, and, and then the other thing is, yeah. just three powerful words that... This just goes across every industry. Just be willing to say, I don't know. And and I was talking to someone not too long ago who, who runs an organization. Yeah. They have a compliant environment. And he says, you know, we hire we hire younger, you know, in, I know younger is not the right word. We hire inexperienced people. Yeah. And they come from different sales backgrounds. They need to understand if they give the wrong answer or if they give an inaccurate answer, People could get hurt. Bad things can happen. Yeah. And he says, so we need to we need to know when to say I don't know. Yeah. And if we need to find the answer, to find it. So I know everyone knows that, but I think that's my last kind of point to this topic is just be okay with saying I don't know. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of research and and trending of of being vulnerable. Yeah. And that's part of it. It's just saying I don't know. It is it is three 
powerful words that I think most salespeople would consider weakness to ever say, but yet we all have to say it at times, right? There's no way we can know everything. And especially if you're in a, a gray area where you're worried about the response, that's a perfectly fine. I need to go figure that out mm -hmm. or I need to go get that answer. What was it? Steve Martin years ago in a stand-up routine said, if only you could just say, I didn't know armed robbery was illegal. And <laughs> is that it? No, ignorance is not a defense. It's not. Okay, no, shoot. No. Well, I guess Sorry. that doesn't really fit then. So this is this is great. So what we what we've kind of covered for our listening audience today is really dealing with selling into these these heavily regulated or compliant based environments and and some of the unique challenges that exist in there whether it's you know you're not allowed to take notes or use a CRM system and what are some of the ways that you might be able to kind of um, uh, remember some of those key and important things and and so hopefully you've learned a few tips and tricks that might help you with that. How to, how to use the generic approved material and still get the customer that other-centered benefit that they seek when you're sending it or, or providing that for them. And finally, really talking about, um, you know, these off-label, these, these, these subjects that are sort of off the, the beaten path a little bit and how do you handle those. Hopefully, you take away some things when you sell in these environments. And, and the generic sales reps that are out there, hopefully, there's some, some tips that you, you took away as well. So, been another great week on Ales with Aslan. Any parting thoughts for the audience before we uh, wrap this up? I don't know. I don't know is a great one. I, that's it's very that's well said. Why don't we just leave it at that? So thanks again for another great week on Ales with Aslan. We'll see you next week and enjoy the beer. Mm -hmm.